Hello, and welcome to Outback Team Building and Training Tips, a monthly audio resource for HR and business professionals. I'm your host, Kara Sai, and I'll be filling in this month for Luke Bailey. Today, I'm joined by a special guest, Brian McWilliams, an account manager here at American Outback. Thanks for joining me today, Brian. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Great. So our topic this month is the biggest team building mistakes you can make. But before we begin with that, let's start with our quick team building tip of the month. So each month, we begin the episode with a quick team building tip for our listeners. Brian, what would you say the biggest team building mistake you can make is? Uh, the biggest mistake I would say I, I hear people commonly make is quite often their boss will come into the office and ask them to plan a team building event for an upcoming conference or summit or retreat, for example. And then that individual will just rush to the internet Google team building in the local area and then send in an inquiry. Um, the mistake being they don't pause and ask their boss a few questions that will help them find a suitable solution that's really going to hit home. So, for example, just a couple simple questions around what do we want to get out of the team building event? Why do you want me to plan a team building event? How many people who are the, the individuals, the group dynamics? So just a few key topics that the boss will probably know that'll be sort of guiding principles, if you will, for that individual to go find a suitable fit that's really gonna impress the boss and be a good option to propose. Awesome, that makes a lot of sense. So with that, let's get to our main interview, the biggest team building mistakes you can make. As an account manager, you're often one of the first points of contact for people planning their team building event or activity. So to start out, what's usually the first mistake people make when they're planning their team building? One of the, the biggest first mistakes I find is, is just people not giving themselves enough time to plan. So last minute requests, I, I can appreciate in today's business world. Everybody's extremely busy. Things are last minute. A lot of companies are waiting for quarterly results to come in so they don't approve team building budgets or retreat budgets until the last minute. So sometimes it's unavoidable, but if you can give yourself a little more time and be proactive, it's always helpful to have a longer lead time because there are a fair amount of moving parts that go into employee events and team events. So the, the more time, the better. Uh, with that said, though, um, we are good at turning around last-minute uh, requests. So why is not giving yourself enough time to plan such a big mistake? I find that the common mistakes that come up if you don't give yourself enough time are people rush into decisions. So quite often they might make a knee-jerk reaction and pick the wrong activity that isn't a good fit for their group dynamic or... Um, just isn't a good fit for the venue they're going to be in, and then that shows in the, the engagement of the participants. Uh, another one on the topic of venues is quite, depending on the event you're interested in, certain programs and events require specific types of venues, and a lot of venues book up well in advance. So I've run into scenarios with clients where they fall in love with a particular program, for example, that could be run at an outdoor park, and in order to get a permit at the park, you have to go through a process with the city, which could take four to eight weeks to get approval to get the permit. It's a simple permit, a couple hundred dollars, but it just takes time because it's through city infrastructure. So there's nothing more frustrating than finding the perfect event and wanting to do it, 
but not having the permit to be able to actually run it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That would be really frustrating. So what other mistakes do people have to make during the planning process? Another one is just sort of ramp up time to promote the program internally. So a lot of these events can be very successful if the planner within the company puts a little bit of extra time to get the participants excited. You can still keep the event a secret if you want, but just let them know to save the date to RSVP so that they're looking forward to something or they also aren't busy. I mean, a lot of people, especially in the spring and summer months, take personal vacation time. And that can also be a shame if you put all this effort into planning a great activity, but then you don't send the RSVP out in advance and then three or four key members of your team aren't able to make the date because they're committed to a personal or business uh, scenario that um, that books them up on that day. Any other mistakes you'd say? I think another one in the, the planning process is not having a clear understanding of budget parameters. And this is one I, I kind of mentioned right off the, st the, the start is we can appreciate sometimes the the VP or the president of the company asks somebody to do the planning and they, they won't tell them the budget, um, but at least try to get a bit of an indication because there's scenarios out there that can be done for $20 a person, $100 a person, $200 per person. And even if you don't know your exact budget or your colleague won't give you the budget, a helpful question that we always like to ask, so I'd recommend maybe asking it internally is, what have we done in the past? And that can be a nice little indicator if the answer is bowling or paintballing, you probably have 20 or $30 ahead versus uh, maybe a sport, professional sporting event like an NHL game or MLB game, you might have closer to 50 to $100 ahead. So just a bit of a, you don't need to know the exact number, but at least a ballpark because there's, there's great team building options out there that range anywhere from 20 to 200 or $300 ahead and everywhere in between. So at least if you have a bit of an idea, then that's really helpful as well. And, and so why is it helpful? It's helpful on our end to consult with our clients because we have different service levels. So it, it, we don't want to be proposing a $200 ahead option and getting somebody really excited about that program if they have a 20, 20 uh, per person budget, because then of course it's just not going to be a fit and it, it, it wastes their time, wastes their boss's time. So it's just helpful to give us an indication and it's also helpful to ask a few more questions and really understand what has to be included in that budget, because a lot of people will come to us and for example, they have a $100 per person budget, but that has to include food and beverage, so maybe a lunch and a, a drink. It has to include the team building activity. It has to include transport for the group. So, you know, coach buses or Uber to and from the venue. Um, and it has to include the venue rental or the park permit in some cases. So if you strip all that down, what's left for the actual team build itself might be 30 or $40 ahead, depending on, on of course, what budget you start with. So just putting a little more thought into the budget and what it has to include per person is really, really helpful for us to consult and, and recommend some suitable options that are going to be realistic. Oh, that's awesome. So let's move on to the biggest mistakes people make during their team building activity. What would you say that is? Well, one big one I, I notice is 
a lot of clients come to us and they've organized things themselves in the past. And I've heard a lot of clients have some great success with organizing their own team building events. I think the biggest thing is to really understand the amount of time, effort, energy, resources that go into it. So I always mention to people, if they have that a lot of time and they can set aside you know, five to 10 hours a week leading up to the event date, and they're gonna be the one showing up early, setting, setting everything up, and then they're probably not gonna be able to participate in the activity itself because they're running it. Um, if they wanna save some money and run it themselves, Perfect, but just truly understand the undertaking that is involved to plan a successful team building event. So put that time aside, carve it out in the weeks leading up, because that's the biggest mistake I've, I've heard people make is during the activity itself or in the days, weeks leading up is they'll call us in a scramble saying, hey, I've got this event in two days. I thought I had time to plan it and now I'm realizing how hard it is and how much time it takes save me, help me. So, and at that point, sometimes it's too late. So that, that would probably be my big thing is, is I'm not saying don't plan your own T-Build. I think there's a lot of people out there that are capable. Just don't underestimate the time it takes, I right. think is the big one. So the time and the organization that it Absolutely. takes to plan your own. Absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. So what about after the activity is over? One of the biggest things is I find people have a really good time with the team building activity and then they just move on. And in today's business world, things are coming at us a mile a minute, things are constantly changing, and it's easy to sort of just gloss over that great afternoon of camarad building camaraderie and team building and just move on to the next, next business focus uh, um, item that comes up or task that comes up. So my advice would be check in with your participants, take that extra effort to send a feedback form ask the, the participants what they thought of the activity, what were two, two or three interesting things they learned about their colleagues and their team, and just make them think a little bit about the team build in the days after and help cement some of the, the learning, the camaraderie, the morale that took place over, over that activity. And then as a second thing is it, it really helps the planner to get some constructive feedback, both positive and negative, as to what people liked and now those are going to be clues for planning the next activity to build on it and that segues well into my next point is a lot of people will just do a one-off team build once every five years or even once every couple years and think that's gonna fix our morale issues or that's going to make everybody in our office the different departments love each other it helps but it's not the case it's not a Oh, a one event fix all type scenario. It's something you truly have to work on and build. I've got some of my, my top clients do quarterly events or they do monthly events. Um, and it doesn't always have to be a, a huge scale full day team build. It could be something as simple as a one to two hour smartphone scavenger hunt that's cost effective, quick and easy, couple hours in the afternoon, wrap up with, with uh, drinks and appies type of thing. So just keep keep the momentum going when you have a positive team build don't leave it five years till you, <laughs> you do the next one keep keep the momentum going yeah i think that's some really great advice so being involved in the planning process of so many people's team building activities can you tell me about the biggest mistake you've ever seen someone make i think mo most of our customers always do a pretty good job at 
coming to the conversation quite organized and allowing us to consult. Um, one, one thing that would stand out to me, I think, is just individuals not knowing their group dynamic really well and getting really excited about a particular event because they love that event and they have a personal bias. So one that seems to come up more often than not is our Amazing Chase event, which is modeled off the Amazing Race, the TV show. So there's so many fans, a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably fans themselves. There's so many fans of that TV show, and it's always been a dream of theirs to get on a TV show, which is not very likely. The next best thing is participating in it in a team building event because it feels like you're in the TV show. So a lot of people get super excited about that, and they jump the gun, and they, they want to do the amazing race, and they don't stop to think, okay, well, who are the participants? Who is the group dynamic? And in a lot of cases, they're individuals who just their idea of a good time is not running around a downtown core for two and a half, three hours in a race, competitive race format. That's an idea of a good time for a lot of people, but not everyone. So I've had that come up a few times where the planner didn't know their group dynamic and it ended up being some people who had knee injuries or were seven or eight months pregnant and just would have much rather have done something inside an air-conditioned meeting room or in a condensed area and not run around the city for, for two to three hours and they didn't enjoy it and it, it wasn't their idea of a good time. So that, that would be a, a common mistake I find that can come up. Yeah, that would be pretty brutal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now that we've gone over some of the biggest team building mistakes you can make, do you have any tips on how to avoid them? I think a big one would be try not to repeat events. So do your research, and a lot of people nowadays are moving organizations, moving roles, moving departments. So as I mentioned right off the top, when you get asked to plan a team build, stop for a second and ask a few questions. And that question of what have we done in the past is a really helpful one because if you if you're new to that team and you didn't know you did an amazing race last year you probably don't want to book it again even though it's a great idea i mean you might but in some scenarios people want unique they want different and they want to change it up so that can be um, a bit of a mistake as well to avoid is not booking the same things over and over there's so many unique unique ideas out there and then the, the last thing i would say is just Partner, partner with a team building company that you trust and you feel is truly going to take the workload off your plate, plan, coordinate, execute everything. Um, and if you can talk to colleagues from other departments that have worked with that supplier, that's usually a nice hint because they'd be able to tell you, yeah, our, our colleagues in the finance department worked with them and they enjoyed it and here was the feedback. So at least it takes the guesswork out of picking the right vendor or even the right activity. You've got an internal colleague who, who can vouch for it. So that, that recommended testimonial piece, I think, goes a long way. Yeah, I think those are some really great tips. So let's finish off today's episode with a question from the audience. Christina from Toronto, Ontario asks, my boss has asked me to plan our next team building activity, but I've never put this type of event together before. What would you recommend for a first time planner so I don't end up looking unprepared or silly in front of my colleagues? That's a great question. Thanks, Christina. 
I, I think it's it's the first thing I'll mention is it's it's really common for us to work with first time planners. I mean, we do work with meeting professionals as well, but I would say sixty to seventy percent of our inquiries come from first time planners. So that scenario where their boss pops in their office and says, "Hey, we're having a national sales conference in two months. Find me a fun team build for a three hour window." And most people scramble and have never done it and don't know where to go. So they, they turn to the internet and try to find a local local su- supplier. So um, yeah, so very, very common. And our, our consultants are used to helping those types of ind- individuals out. So we'll normally walk everybody through a bit of a consultation process where we want to just slow things down and really take the time to learn about the overall objectives of the event, the group dynamics, who the participants are, some logistical details, um, goals goals of the program, overall budget parameters, and then that'll help us to narrow down some targeted targeted ideas. And if the, the person and the planner doesn't know those things, we can arm them with a bunch of questions to go back to their team and ideally find those answers out so that we can then help them narrow options down. That's great, thanks Brian. Uh, Christina, I'd also recommend checking out our previous Outback Team Building and Training Tips episode, Pro Tips to Plan Your First Team Building Event. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Brian. That's it for this episode of Outback Team Building and Training Tips. Until next time, thank you for listening.